Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit does not deceit. When I keep my... When I keep silent, my bones wasted away through all my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you, while you may be found surely of the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by a bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You, righteous, sing all day, all for you who are upright in the heart. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. And I'm really appreciative because she had about two minutes notice before the service started that she was going to do the scripture reading today. So thank you so much, Hannah. Okay. So here we are, huh? Um, yeah. Once again, thank you guys so much for coming today and, and worshiping with us. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor every week to get up and, and, and worship and, and hear the word of the Lord together. Um, if you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 32. If you don't have your Bible, and uh, you don't want to look like you're checking your text message on your phone. It is on the bulletin that, uh, that you received when you walked in as well. Um, so we have been in this series for the summer on the Psalms uh, that we're calling Shaped by the Psalms. And again, asking uh, how is the Lord shaping us as followers of Jesus, but also as a church uh, body, as a church family. How do the Psalms, uh, Psalms shape our relationship with him? How do they shape our life? And, uh, and so we're, we're trying to hit up a couple of different types of psalms. And today in, in, in Psalm 32, uh, if you didn't pick it up already from, from Hannah's, um, Hannah's reading, this is heavy on uh, confession of sin and, and things like that. And we'll kind of unpack it a little bit as we go. Um, so let me just go ahead and, and jump in. Um, and we'll kind of pick some things out as we, as we go through it. Um, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Um, I'm going to actually circle back at the end and talk a little bit more about these verses. Um, but it's kind of nice when they give you the theme right off the bat, right? There's no real question about what this psalm is about. It is about uh, the blessing of being forgiven, right? The blessing of being forgiven. Uh, so that, that, that theme of this psalm is pretty clear. But the path we get there is not always the smoothest or easiest, right? Um, and if we keep going here uh, in verses 3 and 4, what we get is David explaining uh, his, his situation, the problem, right? The path he took to get to this point of being blessed by being forgiven. Uh, so he says, When I kept silent... My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. 
And if you keep going, we'll get there in a second. But then he talks about, then I acknowledge my sin to you, right? So the context here is, is this pain, this burden of trying to hide your sin. Right? That, that's the, you know, and it feels like God's heavy hand is just, it's on you. It's pushing on you. Um, and, and it's a pretty honest thing. We don't oftentimes like to think of God like that, right? God doesn't do that sort of thing. Yet David's saying, he's like, man, I feel the weight. I feel the weight of God, that, that, that burden as I'm trying to hold in and hide my sin. Um, and, and you notice here that it's not just, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a spiritual problem with some vague spiritual consequences. That, that sin, and not just sin, but that the covering of it, the hiding of it, um, it affects us in a variety of ways, right? There's, he's talking about physical or psychological, emotional, that we can't just separate this is a spiritual thing and this is a psychological or emotional or, or, or physical. Um, now, I'm already going to jump in and give a caveat here because I like caveats in case you haven't figured that out yet. Um, just because uh, I've been around churches long enough to know that some people can, can run too far in one direction. And what I mean is this. Um, this is a psalm about sin, about confession of sin, about forgiveness. And so, and David is talking about the, the effects as he's trying to um, cover up his own sin and, and the difficulty of that. That does not mean, therefore, every time in life where you feel like God's hand is heavy on you or you're, you're feeling uh, lethargic spiritually, physically, emotionally, and, or you're feeling a weight that therefore it's because you have sinned. Is that, you guys tracking with me? Some, some people, uh, in my experience in the church, some, some preachers, right, will do that. You're having a difficulty in life. You're, you're not feeling, you know, it, uh, emotional problems or depression or this and that. It must be because you have hidden sin in your life. Right? And that's a great way to get people to respond in the moment to a sermon. It's a horrible way to approach all problems in life. You understand? Now, it could be, like this is a psalm. This is an example where David's like, I am feeling this weight on my shoulders, and it's because I'm hiding sin. So that's possible. But two weeks ago, you might remember Rosie got up and preached out of Psalm 6. If you have not heard it, go listen to that sermon. It was great. Um, and that psalm talks about similar things, right? It talks about flooding my bed in tears. But that was not because of his sin. It was external. You understand? And he talks about, you know, the, the, in the Psalms language of foes and enemies coming at him and that, that weight um, and that spiritual, I guess I'll just call it a depression. Um, I purposely saved this sermon, this passage for after Rosie's sermon, because I don't want to give people, I don't want people walking out of here saying, so I have been feeling this way, spiritually dry and rough and it's not going too well. Therefore, I am a sinner. Could be. Good chance it's not. You got it? It might confuse it a little bit more. I love confusing things. That's it's part of my job. But um, I just want to throw that in there just because I, I really I do feel that burden for people as I have felt it myself when I'm down and I'm struggling and I just assume I have done something wrong and I'm paying the price. And that might not be true. Okay. Um, okay. So but let's jump back in. Um, Psalm 32, again, as it is, it is about that resistance, right? When we hide our sin, we are actually resisting the work of God in our life. 
when we try to cover it up and keep it in the dark, you are necessarily keeping the light of the Lord out. Okay? And so, if the Lord really is forming us into the image of Christ, then He is going to pull out, He's going to root out those areas that don't look like Jesus. And that is not going to be an easy process. And we might not want it to happen. Right? But it will also be made harder if we resist it, if we fight it. Right? This is a, it's an interesting thing about confession of sin is as much an act of submission as it is anything else. We're just submitting to the Lord's work in our life. Right? Because the alternative is to cover up, to hide, to, 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 to avoid it as much as possible. But eventually we start to feel the weight of resisting the one who is irresistible. He's just too strong. At some point, we got to give up and say, okay, I'm going to let you do your work. So what's going on here is David is avoiding that. He doesn't want that to happen. I think we've all been there, right? We've all tried to hide. We've all tried to, to, to cover up and not let anybody see what's going on. And even, uh, we might not say it this way because we're good Christians and we know better, but we want to hide it from the Lord. Let's just not talk about it, right? But the necessary step to dealing with that issue right, is right here, verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity, which is a fancy word for sin. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Right? So the way to solve this is not trying to cover up, nor, you'll notice, is it to try and make up for your sins by doing a bunch of good things. So, I have sinned in this way. I'm feeling the weight, the pressure on me because of, of my own sin. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign up to serve at church a bunch of different ways, and I'll go to prayer meetings, and I'll go serve in a soup kitchen and do all those things and, and ease that burden. All those are good things. You should pray. Please sign up to serve in the church. But it's not going to ease the weight. It's not going to ease the weight of us trying to, to, to hide our sin from the Lord. The remedy, right, the solution is simple enough. It's just, it's confession. Look, at, he says it in three different ways. I acknowledged my sin. I did not cover up my iniquity. I will confess. And even that, that, um, you know, that phrase, I, I did not cover up my iniquity. It's interesting, go back to verse 1. What does it say? Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. So there is a blessing in having your sins covered, okay? That blessing is not going to be attained by you. If you cover your sins, right? If you and I cover them up and hide them, we will feel the weight of that sin. We will feel the weight of trying to resist the irresistible one. And yet, in forgiveness, God gives us exactly what it is we're trying to do for ourselves. You understand? We're trying to hide it from ourselves. We're trying to hide it from the Lord. We're trying to hide it from others. And God says, I'll cover it up. Right? From his throne room in heaven, he has opted not to look down and see all of our sins. He covers it. But that's his job, not ours. He covers. And, and if you keep going, even um, if I can refer back to verse 2, in whose spirit there is no deceit. It's an interesting. It's always confused me. Because it doesn't quite seem to fit, right? So blessed is the one who's forgiven, whose sins are covered. Uh, the Lord doesn't count their sin against them, and who isn't a liar. 
It's like, wait, that doesn't quite fit the pattern. Uh, but I think actually what it means by that to say, in whose spirit is no deceit, it is in the context of this psalm, is those who do not try to lie about their own sin, either before others or before God. They're not trying to deceive people. Right? If you want the blessing of forgiveness, there's no deceit, there's no pretending otherwise. You have sinned. I have sinned. And even that, that word hide, which, is, which has come up, um, when we don't hide our sin, you go down to verse, what verse is that? Verse 10? I can't remember. It's in here somewhere. Oh, verse 7, sorry. Uh, you are my hiding place. Right? Again, it's the same thing that we're trying to find on our own. By hiding our sin, the Lord hides us in himself, protects us, covers us. Proverbs uh, 28, 13. I don't have a slide for that, Annalise, sorry. Uh, Proverbs 28, 13 says this so well. You can write this one down, write it down. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. No one believes this is easy. Right? I, I mean, I can think back to however many years ago this was now, 16, 17 years ago, and feeling the weight of my sin and, and calling uh, or, or getting in touch with, with two pastors. You guys know Sean and Jeff, for those of you who've been around a long time, you know Sean and Jeff. And I just sat down and said, okay, guys, here we go. I'm going to confess a bunch of sins to you. If you want in, uh, intimidating, as you sit down with, with the two pastors of your church, and I was whatever I was, 25 years old or something like that, and just say, here's everything I'm doing that's wrong. <laughs> it's hard. It is painful. It is embarrassing. You feel exposed. right? And yet, at the end of it, you find mercy. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. The one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So, but here's the thing. The point isn't just the, the relief we find when we unburden ourselves uh, by confessing sin. It's, it's what we find in the Lord that replaces it, right? Replaces that burden. Uh, let's, let's keep reading. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. See, this is what we, we find in a forgiving God. We find protection. Now, I've preached on that a couple weeks ago, so I'm not going to go too far down this road. Um, but we're finding that protection, that care, that covering that we're trying to give ourselves but failing. And we get it in the Lord. Uh, even this, this phrase is always, I'll be honest with you, has always confused me a little bit. The songs of deliverance. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Like, what does that mean to be surrounded by songs? And why is it deliverance? Does anybody wonder that? I mean, it's a cool phrase, right? I like it. I just don't, I just always have always struggled to know what it means. And I'm not 100% sure this is right, but I think this is the image, the idea. Um, so if you put yourself in a, in a situation like in, in this time frame, uh, you know, um, villages scattered along the countryside, constant warfare going on, different, uh, you know, local powers, you know, so in David's day, like the Philistines would come, they'd take a village and they enslave it or something like that. 
And so David or whoever would come in with their army and they would rescue the people. But when you're leading them out, how do you lead out, you know, dozens or a couple hundred uh, people, women and children and others, people who are not prepared to fight battles? You surround them with your army and you move, right? So search and rescue mission, right? You know, it's like you're surrounding them and you're covering them. But it's not just that you're, you're, you're surrounding them. It's, man, we are going to sing songs of deliverance because you have been rescued and you are protected, right? And so it's this idea of the Lord surrounding us as he pulls us out of this pit of this enslavement, imprisonment to sin. And he surrounds us with songs of deliverance and celebration because that victory has been won and we are fully, totally protected. And you understand, this is more than just us starting at zero. A lot of times we talk about forgiveness of sin as like you, you have a debt, it has been paid, and now you're at zero again. Right? You can start over. Um, but this is actually more than that, right? This isn't like the rescue mission comes. So the military comes, they rescue this village, they pull the people out, uh, or, or you know, whatever the imagery is, and then they like pull them out and, and say, okay, well, good luck. We'll see you guys later, right? You know, hopefully this doesn't happen again. Right? Instead, it's that full-blown victory parade, right? being brought to a place of safety, the full deliverance. And so it's the same thing and when we talk about God forgiving our sin. It isn't just, okay, we're back at zero, you can start over. Right? This is the, the slight downside to the language of second chances, because it's more than just that. Right? We're talking about the blessing, not just the neutrality of forgiveness, but the blessing of being forgiven. Right? If, if you keep going in verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. And this, by the way, I think is, is David, you notice it switches, right? So it's David talking to God, right? You are my hiding place. You surround me with songs of deliverance. But now he's switching to you. He's talking to the rest of us, right? He's talking to other people. So David is saying, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the, or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Right? Don't be like a stubborn animal. <laughs> the only way to get you to turn on the right way is to get yanked. Right? You get pulled. You get led uh, in a way you don't want to go because you're too dumb to know the direction you should be heading in. <clears throat> and, and the implication here, I think, is this, right? Is that David speaking, right? Those who have experienced forgiveness are the best to teach on forgiveness, right? He has experienced, he's gone through this process of feeling the weight of his sin that he's trying to cover up and hide. And we actually don't know which uh, sin when, when David wrote this. He's got a lot of sins, and, and so it could be a lot of different times in his life, right? But he's experienced this where he's tried to hide it. He's feeling the weight of, of resisting the Lord and finally gives in, confesses, experiences freedom and deliverance. And then he says, I want to make sure that others don't do what I just did. That I, you don't go down that same path that I just walked. And this, by the way, picks up a theme from last week. Again, I love pulling in previous sermons. It keeps you on your toes. See who's paying attention if your eyes light up. Oh, I remember that one. Um, but last week, talking at, a, at a Psalm 67 about uh, the blessing right, of the Lord um, and how God blesses his people, not just for them, but to spread it to others. Right? This is the whole Genesis 12 and all this. Um, in the same way, David has experienced 
the blessing of forgiveness and doesn't want to keep it for himself, but he wants to make sure others experience it too. Right? He wants the uh, people to avoid that same thing that he just did. And it's interesting, I remember, um, it's probably a couple years ago now, hearing an interview with a, a, um, a baseball player who had used to play for the Red Sox. And, um, and he had gotten cancer, I think it was mouth cancer or throat cancer, uh, from years of, of chewing tobacco, right? It's a common enough thing in the world of baseball. And some of you might even know who I'm talking about. But it was interesting in this interview because they asked him, uh, so what would you say to players now? Like, do you go and sit down and talk to them? Like, hey, guys, don't do this. Don't, don't do what I did. Look what happened to me. This is dumb. You know, chew gum instead or sunflower seeds or whatever. And it was fascinating, and I, I, like in a sad sort of way, truth be told, because his response was, he's like, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, I did it, and so I'm not going to tell other people they shouldn't do it. That's, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I was like, I don't think that's hypocrisy, right? I mean, hypocrisy is you is when someone uh, pretends to be someone they're not, right? It, it, you're an actor. So you're saying, uh, for example, chewing uh, tobacco is awful. You shouldn't do it. No one should do it. If you do it, it's really wrong. And all the while, you're actually doing it, right? You're playing a role publicly that personally, privately is not, does not match up. That's hypocrisy. To say, hey, I once did this, and now I am paying the price, and I don't want you to do the same, that's not hypocrisy. The Bible calls that wisdom, right? The Bible calls it wisdom. That's something you've gained from life experience, and you're sharing it with others. It's really no different, right, than what we're seeing here in this passage. It's not wrong of David to stand up and say, hey, you should really, guys, listen, trust me, adultery, murder, lying, all these different rules that I've broken, awful. You do not want to do this. You will pay the price in many ways. And he did. It's not hypocrisy for him to say that. It's, it's just wisdom. Right. I mean, this is like half of parenting is me telling my kids, look, I did this really stupid thing. You should not do that. Like, you see this scar? You know where that one came from? You know, and I tell the stories. And they laugh at me, and hopefully they're learning something. Right. And so this is the thing, the blessing of forgiveness. That is not meant to be kept to yourself, but to be shared. Right. This is why we share testimonies and, and ask Sean to share the testimony, not so much because of forgiveness and sin, but just because there's a way that God has worked in his life that has blessed him that I want us all to hear. And that's the theme of this, right? Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit there is no deceit. We should not want this just for ourselves. We should, we should want to turn it out and teach it to others. Um, so, I mean, what's so blessed? Blessed? Is it blessed or blessed? I never know. About being forgiven. Right? And we can talk about uh, being freed from sin's eternal consequences. We can talk about being freed from the power of sin and, and, and free to live righteously. That's something I've hit on multiple times in, in this 10 months of our church life. Um, but maybe one of the underrated aspects, one of the underrated blessings of being forgiven by God is that emotional freedom that comes from forgiveness. That lifting of, of the burden of hiding and carrying our own sin that we just simply can't do. We, we're not strong enough. Right? Or that release that comes when our relationship with God and with others is restored. 
that emotional burden that we're trying to carry. Right. Or, or we could talk about that, that pressure uh, or being released from the pressure to earn forgiveness or earn God's blessing. Right, because blessing and joy and gladness and singing and celebration, that is all available because of forgiveness. Um, we're going to, um, you guys can actually come up. I'll give you this back in a minute, Anna. Uh, we're going to take communion this week. And, uh, and I'll tell you why I wanted to do it with this week. Um, those first two verses in Psalm 32 get picked up in the New Testament. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the Romans in chapter 4. And basically what he's talking about is, look, you cannot earn favor with God. Right? You can't do enough things. Uh, your, your works is the word that the Bible uses. Your works are not good enough to earn favor with God. He's not going to declare you good and holy and righteous in his sight. And he quotes Psalm 32. So I'm going to read real quick. You can throw up the Romans 4. This is what he says. Uh, now to the one who works. In other words, the one who's trying to earn God's favor through their good deeds. Right? Um, to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift but as an obligation however to the one who does not work but trusts god right so the one who puts their faith and trust that god is who he says he is that he is the forgiving and, and good and holy god uh, to that one uh, who trusts god who justifies the ungodly their faith is credited as righteousness david says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom god credits righteousness apart from works blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not, or will never count against them. Let's jump up to verse 24. But also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So here's the thing. This is why we're bringing this up. Psalm 32 makes the point of being the blessing of forgiveness that is not earned, right? That, that we, we don't do something to, to, to figure it out on our own. It should comes from this place where we come to God and say, I have sinned, I can't hide it any longer, and I cannot carry this burden. Will you please forgive me? And Paul is saying the same thing. We come to Christ in the same way, that same attitude. I bring nothing to the table except for a, a plea that you will forgive me, that you will cover my sin and, and, and forgive me of my transgressions. And so we're going to take communion today uh, together because this is true. Right? For those of us who have put ourselves in, in Jesus' hands right, and have said, you have died for my sin and you have risen so that I can stand before God holy and blameless. And it's because we are blessed because our transgressions and our sins have been forgiven. So, Father, um, would you speak to us today? Would you remind us of your love that does not end, Lord? That this, this uh, unending ocean of love and forgiveness and mercy that is available to us, um, as we take communion and remember what Jesus has done, would you, would you keep this at the forefront of our minds? So we're going to take some time, everybody, and if you feel like you need to confess sin before God. If you want to pull someone else into it, uh, now's the time to do it. Uh, just give it to the Lord. He knows it already. And so we might as well say, I will not, in my spirit, I will not hold any deceit. I will not try to trick anyone. Um, we're going to have some kids pass out the elements. Just hold on to them and we'll take them together um, at the end.